Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo, Todd Payton, and Rick Hackman. Welcome one and all. Good to be here, David. Hey, David. Awesome, awesome. If everybody takes a moment, gets their Bibles, we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 through 27. But before we do that, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us break open the bread of life? I would love to. In the name of the Father, and Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love. You are awesome. You are awesome, God. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry for the times, Lord, that you know, we forget about you, we don't think of you, that we just go throughout our day and, and make our own decisions without inviting you in and, 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 uh, and, and asking you to help us throughout the day, Lord. So we are sorry, and we come to you now. We come to, and, and we come seeking, asking, and knocking for the grace to flow into our lives, the grace of love and peace and kindness and courage, uh, just the grace of conversion, the grace to say yes to you, Lord, um, the grace to be countercultural, uh, individually as well as a family, uh, Lord, so we're, we're asking, seeking, and knocking, and we're asking for you to send your Holy Spirit into this room, into our hearts, into this conversation, into the cars and homes of everyone listening, uh, so that when we hear the Word, when we hear the love letter, uh, we, will, we will act on that. We will act on that in a way that brings your love to every single person that we meet. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Father and Son, and Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Rick, before you read the gospel, there's a prayer that uh, is in our Stewardship of Mission of Prayer book that really I know I need for today, and perhaps some of our listeners do too. It's called A Prayer for a Peaceful Spirit. And so allow me to pray that for you now. Please, Lord, slow me down. Ease my pounding heart. Quiet my racing mind. Steady my hurried steps. Amidst the confusion of my days, Grant me the calmness of your peace. Help me to know the truly restoring gift of sleep. Teach me the art of taking time off, to slow down to see the beauty in your creation, to chat with a friend, to read a few lines from a good book. Remind me each day that there is more to life than increasing its speed. It is living each moment with you and for you. Let me look upwards into the branches of a towering oak and know that it grew great and strong because it grew slowly and well. Please, Lord, slow me down. Teach me to be gentle and humble of heart, fearing nothing of this world, as you are my Lord. Grant me rest from my soul now and eternally with you. Amen. 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 Awesome, awesome. And Rick, do you mind giving us a little bit of gospel love? I'd be happy to do that, David. As you said, the gospel today is from Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 through 27. Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. God forbid, Lord, 
No such thing shall ever happen to you. He turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? Or what can one give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in his Father's glory, and then he will repay all according to his conduct. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Rick, as you were reading that, I just uh, was thinking in my life, uh, how often have I been an obstacle for others? You know, Jesus says, you are an obstacle to me. But how, how many times have I been an obstacle to others um, in, their relationship, in their relationship with Jesus? You know, have I, through my you know, lack of charity or through you know, anything that I've done to maybe hurt somebody, have I been an obstacle and uh, and just this last line just really hit home that that Jesus will repay all according to their conduct. And uh, I forget which saint it was, but I just was at a talk recently, and, and the presenter said that the saints had, that for one degree of glory in heaven that they would come back and suffer until the end of time. That there's wow. degrees of glory. That it's not just okay, we're all you know, we're all getting in, or you know, I just want to get in. That there's degrees of glory in heaven. And and Jesus says these are his words. You know, he didn't say I will repay it according to your, you know, you know, to your faith statement or to your whatever. I will repay all according to their conduct, right? That we not that we can earn heaven. No, Jesus paid the price. But out of love, we want to be all in, and um, and and pray and fast and work for Jesus, for His kingdom, for for souls. And and Rob, when you said that the word love, I mean, it took me to Peter. My main man, Peter, when Jesus three times asked him, do you love me? And, and Peter kept saying, yes, I love you, but that's lip service. And what does Jesus say immediately right after that? Feed my sheep. Again, he says, do you love me? Peter says, Lord, you know I love you. Tend my sheep. And a third time, feed my lambs. Love our yes to the Lord as a disciple is a call to action. It's a call to love. And this word conduct, I wrote down a side of it, those are works of love. We are called to love, to be God's vessels of his love in this world. And so every time we love, we reflect God purely. But every time we fail to, who are we reflecting? You know, and at the end of the day, it's not going to be, did you pay off your house? Did you get a new car? Did you do this? Did you accomplish that? Did you get this? At the end of the day, the measuring stick is going to be, did you love? And the question will be, in my heart, when did I fail to love? Because for me, I want to wake up every day, and this is key for everybody, because we forfeit our life if we are focused horizontally on what the world and its trappings have out there for us. You know, notoriety, acclaim, 
prestige, money, possessions. Those are trappings that trap us in the horizontal dimension. We need to go vertical because ultimately the goal of each and every one of our lives, every day we're given that gift, when we wake up is eternal life united with Jesus Christ. But we forfeit that and we can forfeit that if we choose the world. If we choose not to love, if we choose not eternal things, but temporal worldly things, God's going to honor our choice. He loves us that much. He gave us free will. So for me every day, I want to be a vessel in God's hand. I want to be a mirror to reflect his love. I want to be an instrument in the salvation of souls. And let me tell you what, this is the key. Ten years ago, I wasn't like that. But it says right above that, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Well, 10 years ago, I was a dead man walking, and I lost my life. The way people would have looked at me, that have said he had everything of the world, but I didn't. I was an empty vessel. I was a dead man walking. But when I gave everything over to Christ, and he gave me the new mind, the new heart, he renewed everything in me, my life today, 10 years later, is a great adventure. Your past is your past. Let it be buried. Don't dig it up, as my spiritual director says. It stinks. But let your life be renewed in Christ, and then you find it. The life God had in store for us from the beginning, before he even formed us in in our mother's wombs, he knew us. So that's the life that God wants us to find here and now. And that life is not me, myself, and I. It's a life of others-centered. And the other day, this this past week, I was driving home, and I was trying to listen to the radio show, and it's very staticky. And then it just kind of cleared for for a moment. And in that moment, I heard the, the 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 host say, "How much do we do, or have we done, to reclaim a relationship in in our business? Like if we're in sales, and a customer decides to go to another company or or drop you as a salesperson, you'll." travel all lengths and you'll do all the research to find out why and what can you do to, to mend that relationship and if and if someone that you work with is is not doing well and you'll do all this kind of stuff right for that person what about at home what about at home when relationships in the family are are, are aren't well and you know will we put the same effort will our conduct be as loving with the people in our lives and our family that are right there in front of us uh, as they are with with people that you know that we're not going to be held as accountable for, and and then and it started. Then, then it got staticky again. So just in that moment, I heard that challenge. Like, what yes. do we do, and what lengths do we go to win the approval and to you know re you know to love and show and outside of our homes, and then what do we do mm-hmm. in, in, inside those walls? I was thinking too, Rob, as, as David was talking about this idea of not digging up the past. You know, can you imagine Peter? after denying Jesus three times, if he continued digging up his past and was just left a prisoner of all that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, David's story reminds us how, how you know, God's mercy restored Peter fully, 100%, so that he could continue on with the purpose that he had for being on this earth. And uh, this is a great example, still again, of Peter uh, being close to Jesus and being close to our Lord and, and still just being human and flawed and broken like we all are. And... Sometimes what we might be thinking is from God or might be, uh, you know, in his will, uh, we get reminded sometimes that it isn't. 
You know, then here's Peter who you, you have to kind of admire him because his first reaction, his loyalty to, I'm not going to let anything happen to you, Lord. There's no way, you know, I'll, I'll jump in front of a train. I'll, I'll jump in front of a, of a whole battalion of, of Roman soldiers, you know, and, and, and so you, you can't even fault him for that, right? Because you look at him, you go, I, I guess I'd probably think the same thing, you know, but sometimes in our life, um, and maybe it's because we're not uh, having enough silence in our life, maybe it's because we're not spending enough time in prayer or listening for that still quiet voice, but there's something missing where we might be thinking we're in his will, but we're not. And it's so humbling to be reminded of that. And I can think of so many different times where maybe I even thought that I was doing something in God's will only to learn later, oh man, I really wasn't. Okay, so how did I miss that? You know, what, what, a, what a challenge in our lives to grow in that way. And God gently takes us down that road. You know, and as you were sharing, I was just thinking, you know, if if, if uh, Jesus asked the question to each and every one of our listening audience and asked it to me, do you love me? And I'd say, absolutely, Lord, I love you. And then if the Lord said, then throw away your iPhone, would you look at pictures that are incorrect? Call to action. That iPhone takes you to sin. And then he says, do you love me? And I say, sure, absolutely, Lord. He said that no longer stop in those places that are not healthy for you and take you away from your family. Call to action. Do you love me? Well, of course I do, Lord. Of course I do. And disconnect the computer and the television at home because they're both a temptation that cause you to sin and separate you from me and the love I want to pour out to you, and the life I want to give you. So that's a question for each and every one of our listening audience. Oh, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a challenge, David. That is a challenge. Whew. I can't tell you wow. how many, times, how many wow. times where I'll be in church at Mass, and mm. this whole issue around technology, David, we've just been talking about together, where not only do people forget to turn their phones off, but I can't tell you how many times... It's as the priest is, is raising the host during the prayers of consecration and there's that silence, somebody's phone will ring. And it's probably some inconsequential phone call from some place or some text that came in. To, to me, I look at that sometimes through the eyes of heaven and say, this is the enemy trying to insert himself into every second of every moment of the human life. And I look at that and I say, when are we going to put down the boundaries and take back territory that we can be close to God. And to me, this entire issue of technology is nothing more than the enemy's efforts in all of its glorious ways and all of its beautiful, shiny, high-tech, glossy, attractive ways to completely take over every last piece of real estate that we try to reserve for the Lord. And of course, in this context from the gospel, you know, how easy is it to then not think as God thinks? Or how easy is it to, to say, well, I'm, I can't give up this. I can't give up my life for, for following the Lord. I mean, we talked about this at our staff retreat on Friday with a school up in Allentown. When we ask people to turn their phones off, the looks on their faces are, are almost like horror. They, 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 you actually think you were asking them to cut off one of their arms. And, and, and you wonder sometimes, what have we become with this technology? to your point, David, that you were just talking about. And I think it's going to be a real wake-up call for us, not only as a race, as humans, but as Christians as well. 
And you know, as we just step forward a couple sentences, deny yourself. Love is a call to action. We show God how we love Him through our actions. It says right here, repay all according to His conduct. Did you or did you not love? Love your neighbor and love God first and foremost. And people that say, oh, I can't get rid of my phone. I can't get rid of my television. I can't get rid of my computer. Guess what? Those are all lies. You absolutely can. They can be checked. They can be monitored. They can be in the appropriate places. They can be not in the home. They can be not in the bedroom. You betcha you can. And it's called, if you want to be my disciple, Jesus says, it takes three things. Number one, deny yourself. And if there's anything that's causing you to sin, the Lord's not saying cut off your arm. Well, wait a minute. He did say that. Pluck out an eye. Well, he said that too. And people look at that and read that and say, oh, the Lord really wasn't serious. Oh, no, he was serious. Because it's better that you lose your computer, lose your iPhone, lose your television, than lose what? It says it right here. Forfeit his life. Lose your salvation and eternity with Jesus Christ. It's our free will choice. So again, deny yourself. Take up your cross. It may be a cross for you to not be able to have your cell phone with you or have it. That's okay. Take it up. Don't just carry it. Embrace it. And then do what? Follow me. Follow Jesus Christ. Don't run ahead of him. Follow him. He'll take you. And guess what? He'll give you what money can't buy. And you will gain a life you never thought even existed. Yeah, this is this whole topic is something I would. Uh, the last time I was with our our teen teens at our church, um, I asked them three questions, four questions: What music do you listen to? What TV shows do you watch? And what do you read? And they they gave me answers to each one of those things, um, and I didn't say a word. I didn't judge any of the things that they were, they were mentioning. And then I simply asked them, how many of those things encourage you to purity? And, how, but, and on the other side, how many of them encourage you to leave that area of purity away, yeah. and, and do things that God would not be pleased with? And it really made them stop. In today's environment, People don't think yeah. about what they're putting into their minds, what you know, and everything that goes into your mind through your eyes, through your ears, goes straight to your heart. And it really gave these teenagers uh, a pause to make them think about what am I, what am I feeding myself on? And you know, I didn't ask them for commitments to give anything up. I didn't, I didn't do any of that. I said, you just need to think and evaluate where God wants you to be in the things that you're reading and listening to and watching. And, you know, that's between you and God. You have to be the one to make that commitment to please him or to do things that might not please him. Yeah. So the, the, the second reading on Sunday, Rick, uh, really points to that. So next time you're with the teens, maybe you can o- open up Romans 12, verses 1 to 2. Do not conform yourselves to this age but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, right? And you, and you use that word, mind, right? That every, all the music we listen to, 
the TV shows and movies we watch, uh, computer, it's all, it's, it's, it's penetrating. So mm-hmm. by the renewal of your mind. And that will be the next step. You know, now that you've gotten to think about this a little bit and, and evaluate where you are in those things that you're doing, now, now bring them back and um, talk to them about verses like that that say, you know, all those things, it's hard to give them up. We're talking about giving up, um, you know, or disconnecting at times from cell phones and from uh, the computer and the television and things like that. And um, that's hard for kids today. They are so technologically oriented. Their whole life revolves around technology. Um, But getting them to set those aside for a little bit and to focus on the things of God and they, they think they're okay because they have, they have the Bible loaded on their iPhones. So that makes their, you know, everything else on their iPhone <laughs> to be good. You know. It has to be holy because the Bible doesn't jump off it and run away. But, but um, you know, getting them to really evaluate each thing that they're doing uh, and, and then telling them it can change. You know, Rick, there's, a, there's, a, there's an eternal battle going on for our attention and our souls ultimately. And to me, this just seems like such a, a clear effort to, for that competition. There, there's a competition. And, and all through history, whether it was people sitting in little crowds hearing someone talk, you know, the old Jewish scribes would stand up and, and talk and preach about um, the Old Testament writings. They would do it orally, right? But that's, that's, that's getting into somebody's mind, into their heart, into their soul. And if you look at the history of the competition for somebody's heart, mind, and soul, it just takes on all these new various forms. And so now we're in this fever pitch, right? It's coming at us from every direction. And uh, to me, it just shows how important, how precious, how priceless everyone's individual heart, mind, and soul really is, that there's so much competition for it right now. And there's so much attempt being made to win over that individual mind and soul. And you know, in the in the Christian world, there's so many voices. And here we see in this scripture reading, the closest friend to Jesus, Peter, says to him, God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Jesus knows that Satan is using Peter, his closest friend, to say something that is not of God and is against God's will. So we, and I'm so, so, so grateful and thankful to be Catholic because we have the Bible, which was brought to us and given to us by God through human writers protected by Holy Mother Church, the Catholic Church, and then given the magisterium of the Church to, te- to help us and guide us in what it tells us, that I don't have to decide what is right, what is wrong. I've got the sacred Word of God, the Bible to go to, the magisterium of Holy Mother Church, to say, what in 2,000 years, what has this opened up to? As the Bible tells us, the Holy Spirit will lead us to all truth, and the Church is the bulwark and pillar of the truth. So I go to Holy Mother Church and say, is contraception? a go or a no-go. And the church has taught the same thing for 2,000 years. It is against the will of God who the Bible says. God says twice, three times, be fruitful and multiply. 
Nowhere does God say, you decide. You play God. You eat from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So for me, having that, when I hear the voices, even people that are close to me, I go back to the Bible and Holy Mother Church, the magisterium of the Church, to say, what is truth? Because God doesn't change. The enemy can use Scripture verses to twist, to pervert, as he tried with Jesus. But at the end of the day, that's why God gives us that stream of Holy Mother Church to protect the Word that no Satan and the enemy will not prevail over Holy Mother Church to go to. And then guess what? We're called to be obedient. We're called to be obedient because I'm not God. Abortion, gay marriage, all of it. I'm not God. What does the Word teach us? What does Holy Mother Church understand it to teach us? I go there. I feel safe. I feel protected. It's a beautiful thing. That's, that's, that's the gift of obedience, that obedience isn't oppressive. Obedience is total freedom, right? That we, once we make the decision, yes, Lord, I want to know, uh, I want to know your, your commands, right? Then we have total freedom that we can, we can live within those boundaries and run free and not worry about it. It's when we go outside and try to create our own truth or our own set of uh, interpretations that we, we run into a lot of trouble. We do. And think about the Christian community was united united up until the 1930, I believe it was, in the understanding that any form of contraception was an abomination. Martin Luther, Zellweg, all the Protestant reformers, everyone, all churches, all denominations unified. That is an abomination from hell. Contraception, because we are choosing to play God, receive a gift or not receive a gift. Well, guess what? A church broke from that and another church broke from that, and another church broke from that. Now look at where we are, at what was on TV in the 1920s, mm. you know, in the 1930s. What did we read? What's out there? Where are we at today when we broke away from God's law and we decided we know what's best? Mm. Well, now there's churches saying it's okay. Two men, two women, doesn't matter. It's all good. It's not. It's a lie. It's a twist of the truth of God who created man and woman. Mm to be united in the Holy Sacrament of Marriage. And with that, David, our time is up. What a, what a great uh, great time with you guys. So I'm going to close in a, just a little Absolutely. Prayer. God bless each and every one of you. And may God grant you the gift of the eyes to see him at work in your life, the ears of the heart to hear his voice, and that grace to be obedient to his every utterance. God bless. Amen. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make reflections from the heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717 367 On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening.
And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.